welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. This is the third part of what is called the High Priestly Prayer. And in this third section, we're going to see Jesus pray for those who will become believers as a result of his disciples' ministry. Of course, the previous text, we saw Jesus pray for his 11 disciples that were there. And in the text before that, he prayed for himself. Before we dive in any further, let me say thank Thanks to the Family Leader for being our 2023 Daily Dose Devotion sponsor. You can learn more about the Family Leader in the announcements at the end of this devotion. And as always, thank you to the Family Leader for their support. Chapter 17, verse 20. I do not ask for these only, that is, Jesus isn't praying only for his 11 disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's anybody who's come to faith in Christ since the disciples. I pray that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one, I and them, and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them even as you love me. So in this prayer, Jesus is highlighting the significance of oneness among believers. He's essentially asking his Father to help all believers become one, to be unified, because number one, it reflects the character of the triune. Godhead. And that oneness in the Trinity, Jesus once reflected within the body of believers. And number two, Jesus implies that when the world sees this kind of oneness among believers in Christ, despite all their other differences, it's going to convince some people in the world who are not believers, who are observing this, that in fact God sent Jesus and it's going to cause them to become believers. Now let me spend a minute or two on what this kind of oneness that Jesus is praying for is and what it is not. To understand what it is, I want to read you this verse from Galatians chapter 3. We'll get to this text much later in the Bible overview, but chapter 3 verse 28 in Galatians says this. Paul is writing here. He says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And when Paul writes that, he doesn't mean that there is literally no Jew or Greek, no male or female, no slave or free. Those categories still do exist when Paul writes writes them to the Galatians. But what he's saying is that the oneness that you have, those of you who are females and males, those of you who are slaves and free, those of you who are Jews and non-Jews, Greeks, those of you in those categories who trust Christ, there's a oneness that you have that supersedes. In fact, it leaves in the dust the other categories that divide you. And so we should think about oneness with our brothers and sisters in Christ similarly today. Between people who truly have received Jesus, who believe in his name, who've confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, believed in their heart that God raised him from the dead. Among those people, there are no ethnic differences that should divide them. There are no denominational differences that should divide them. There are no theological differences in debatable matters that should divide them. Because the oneness that they share in Christ supersedes all that. That's a glimpse of what the oneness Jesus is praying for is. Now here's what it's not. It's not unity at all costs with anybody who calls themselves a Christian. Let me explain. 
There are lots and lots of people who call themselves Christians who do not have faith in Christ. They haven't received him. They don't believe in his name. They haven't confessed with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. They don't believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead. And if that's true, then they aren't believers in Christ and this prayer for unity does not apply to them. I've been involved in churches before where members of the church openly do not believe in Jesus. There was a church where I was doing some preaching one time, got to know one of the guys, a really nice guy. He was there all the time, very involved. And during a discussion one time, he told me he doesn't believe in the afterlife. Therefore, he doesn't believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. He doesn't believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God, but he still belonged to a Christian church and he referred to himself loosely as quote unquote Christian. Jesus' prayer in John 17 is not that myself and that guy would be unified as one. We can't be one in the way that Jesus is describing here if we don't have the common bond of personal faith in Christ. And frankly, I don't think the guy I'm referring to is an anomaly. I think there are lots and lots and lots of people in America and on the planet who would call themselves Christians, but who do not have a personal faith in Christ. Jesus is not praying that those of us who are Christians would be unified with them. One of the places we see this at play, and it's happening more and more these days, is when denominations are splitting up over core doctrinal beliefs. One group believes that the word of God is inerrant, another group doesn't. One group believes that John 14, 6 is true, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody can come to the Father except through him, and one group doesn't. And these denominations and these churches and these ministries begin to splinter over these core, essential, non-negotiable issues. Invariably, somebody will come to the microphone and say, Jesus in John 17 that we would be unified. He doesn't want us to be divided over these things. Except, that's not what Jesus prayed for in John 17. Jesus' prayer in John 17 only calls for unity among those who are truly, personally following and trusting in Christ. In light of all this, it's possible that I'm more unified with a Bible-believing member of the underground church in China, who I've never met before and won't until glory. I'm more unified with that person than I am with somebody who might sit in the same pew with me at church. Let's continue with verse 24. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Huge implications with this verse. First of all, that the Son and the Father were in relationship with each other since before the foundation of the world. Not just before the creation of the world, but before the foundation of the world. And we get a glimpse of Jesus' heart here, which is that those who truly believe in him would be with him where he is, which is where true believers are headed when everything is said and done. Verse 25, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know you that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. It's amazing for me to consider that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, just before his betrayal, arrest, crucifixion, in an indirect way, had me on his mind, and you if you're a follower of Christ. And even today, would he grant a oneness to the body of true believers in him that would be so attractive to the world that many would come to know him as a result? We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at ChristianCrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. 
At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.